Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, for our fans, welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast. Uh, joining me today is Vince. Um, no Chad, no Scott, but uh, here we go. 23 games left in the season, Vince. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Craig. It's hard to believe that we've gotten to this point in the season already. Uh, seems like opening day was just yesterday. It's, it's unbelievable that we're already sitting here on September 5th as we tape this. Yep, time's flying. Um, so as we stand right now, 23 games left in the season. The Brewers are two and a half games ahead of Cubs for the NL Central title, and they're five and a half games up on the third wild card. Um, I guess for starters today, Vince, if you could put a percent confidence-wise on – uh, yeah, if you think the Brewers are going to make the playoffs or not this year as a fan, uh, 100% being you're 100% sure they'll make it, 0% saying there's no chance. What percent confidence is your confidence level the Brewers will be uh, an NL playoff team this year? I'm pretty confident at this point, Craig. I know anything can happen. It's baseball. Um, so we've seen crazier things. But I'm going to I'm going to say our odds of making the playoffs, I'm going to peg them at 90%, 9-0 at this point. And that I think speaks to a couple things. Number one, the state of our division. I, I do think that the Brewers are a better and more well-rounded uh, team than both the Cubs and the Reds and the Pirates and the Cardinals um, are obviously not going to be factors in terms of themselves making the playoffs. They could obviously be factors though, in, in terms of knocking out other teams. But um, I do think, I do think the Brewers have not only a pretty good handle on the division but the way that the wild card picture is shaking out it could be that a, a you know wild card team comes out of the central in fact i think it's very likely so between those two scenarios and the reverse position i think that we're going to be uh in really good shape to make the playoffs let's say 90 percent yeah my my pessimism was saying 80 percent, which is still pretty high i guess i'll go with 83 percent. just a random number um i don't know let's go with 82 that's a good number for the brewers uh, franchise but no um which is unfortunately less than 83, but yeah, no, I'll go with 82%. I'm also fairly confident the Brewers are going to um, do what they have to do. I mean, they would really have to have a sub 500 finish to this season, I think, to not make the playoffs at all. Uh, it's not that's out of the realm of possibility, but I mean, they didn't really have to go on a little bit of a free fall and let's hope that that doesn't happen. Um, so Overall, obviously, some teams still on the docket. A couple games here left against the Pirates as of this taping. We, then we go to New York, the Yankees, for kind of a big set. Now, they just brought up their top prospect, and are, but for the most part are kind of uh, giving up on this season. And then um, we still have, I think, six games against the Cardinals. I believe six games against the Marlins still. And then, we, of course, we finish up at home against the Cubs. There's some other teams in between I'm forgetting about. But for the most part, it's not a super difficult uh, schedule, but there are some teams that you don't necessarily want to play like the Cardinals in, in that. Um, but I feel fairly confident we'll be able to go over 500 and hopefully hang on to win the division so that we can host the three-game wildcard series as opposed to not, which I think is huge for not only revenue and for fan excitement and all that stuff, but I'm fairly confident we can hold out the Cubs. Um, I, I mean, they're I feel like we have better pitching than them. However, it should be pointed out that their starting pitcher, left-handed pitching um, second-year player, Justin Steele, is having – I would have to say at this point is probably the leading candidate for the NL Cy Young Award. He's pitching pretty phenomenally. So that's a little bit 
scary, um, I guess, as far as competition-wise, but I still feel like the Brewers top to bottom have a better pitching staff and uh, comparable enough hitting that I think we can outdo the Cubs here. But I, I really hope it doesn't come down to that final series against the Cubs, but if it does, I'm sure we'll take care of business. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, the Brewers have traditionally played pretty well against the Cubs in October's past. Uh, I, I remain convinced that, the, that again, talent wise, the Brewers have a better team. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm fairly confident in this group. I, I, I think that part of my optimism stems from Craig council's ability to manage teams uh, in the month of September and into October. So I, I think that he's going to have this team mentally in a good place. Um, you know, I know that we missed the playoffs last year and, and kind of, you know, I think took a nosedive a bit in in the, you know, latter months of the season. But I think a good chunk of that's attributable to the Josh Hader trade, as we've discussed many times now on our podcast. So, I, you know, I think that this year is a little bit different. I think that the team, you're seeing some really good uh, production from the guys that we did add at the deadline um, with Mark Canna and, and Carlos Santana. I, so I, I think that this team is gelling at the right time to a degree. And, you know, I, I guess a rough loss last night in Pittsburgh. But, you know, overall, I'm still pretty confident where we're at at this point. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, as baseball fans and listeners, get on out to AmFam Field this September and support your Brewers as it'll be a great pennant race here as we come down. Now, unfortunately, I should point out that um, the Brewers are, I think, eight games behind the second division uh, leader in the and all the, the Dodgers and the, the Braves, obviously, are the number one division leader. So it's very much a certainty at this point that those are going to be the two teams of the buys which means the Brewers, if they do make the playoffs, will be playing that three games um, right in early October. Um, and again, with the requirement to move on, that they're going to have to win two of those three, which again, as you're seeing in any series against any other team in baseball, is not necessarily a given for the better team. So that does concern me. Um, I guess throwing it out, what are your what are your thoughts on this playoff, three-game wildcard playoff format versus the one-game elimination one that they had previously? Um, I mean, I think that it's probably better to have a three-game series than a one-game series uh, overall um, in terms of deciding which team is better. But still, there's so much randomness attached to it. I'm not a fan of the expanded playoffs. As you know, I I really think that the number of playoff teams should be contracted uh, quite a bit. Um, I just don't like it. I don't like that you could have subpart teams getting in the postseason. I know that it can, you know, keep other cities and, and fan bases thinking that they've got a shot to win something later in the season. So I get why it was done, but I, I just don't like it. So I, um, but to answer your question specifically, I, I guess that it's fine for what it is. Um, there was a certain excitement though, to that one game playoff, wasn't there where, where you had like a, a one and done scenario, but um, as the great one. And I saw back in 2019 in October in that one and done playoff series in Washington, DC uh, that, that really can end the season uh, not only quickly, but in this, in, in, in what, feels like it's not always a, a a good way to to figure out which team is better um at that point so I, i'm gonna say overall i guess i like the the three games better than the one yeah i i did like the you know everything is on this game uh and, and as far as just even for getting fans to watch it um it's kind of like a must-see event uh with that being said if any of these games go to the third game it's gonna be basically the same thing and i assume like at least half of them probably yeah. would so um we'll see um i think it's something that i initially didn't like kind of like the new rules or most of the new rules but i think it's something with once it's put into practice a little bit i think it'll grow on 
I myself as a baseball fan. Uh, but but like I said, it's just something scary to think about. As as you know, we're gonna we could go, we could have a hot September. You know, win the division by like seven plus games, whatever. Host the three games series, maybe even against the Cubs or someone. We lose that first game, and then we've got we're basically in order to move on, we're gonna have to win two straight games. It's just it's easier said than done. So um that's right. a little scary uh proposition but again it's baseball so we'll we'll see all right yeah. so um unfortunately we're hoping scott to join us today uh so far he hasn't but do have a rapid nine which is one of his favorite segments so we'll just have to do it with the two of us um okay if you don't mind we'll go we'll go around the horn here um but again uh, i always have to remind scott of this but uh Takes some time, but it is uh, supposed to be a little bit rapid. So here we go with the first. Hey, really quick, really quick, Craig. Uh, did we ask our anonymous source, Tom Carter, to play today? Because he could be a third. No, we did That would have been a good idea. Uh, what? Brandon's yeah. son, Alex, would probably love to join in maybe, but he's probably just getting off the school bus since he's, um, I think, in fifth grade. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll catch him off guard. But maybe, maybe we could set it up so he could join one of these in the future. That'd be cool. Um, sure. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, so, okay. First thing, what percent chance? Okay. This is a nine percent chance one, but this is and a little bit scary question to ask for Brewer fans, but what percent chance would you put that the Brewers actually relocate out of Milwaukee before 2030? Or I'll say before 20, before 2031, I'll say. I would say 0%. I think it's just a bluff. Um, I'm not concerned about it at all. I think that, Major League Baseball has about 30 other problems. Uh, I'm not saying 30 other teams. Well, there's 29 other teams. But um, I think that Major League Baseball has so many other problems uh, to worry about than uh, having to worry about the Brewers and the city and fan base. I would be shocked if the team would take what is a longstanding history uh, in this community and a stadium that is still beautiful and very much a, a crown jewel, uh, like the Brewers often say, for baseball um, being played. I, I would be no, absolutely not, zero percent. Um, I, I would love to be on this same percent. I'll say three percent, which is still very low. But the reason it's even that high is because of how how little I trust uh, statewide politicians. I guess I'll just put it that way, or any politician for that matter. But definitely the ones that would that would have a hand to say whether or not the Brewers could actually make the necessary repairs to uh amfam field before 2030 so that, that that there is a little bit of concern there but i really believe that major league baseball and owner mark Antonio does want to keep the team in milwaukee so I, I don't have too many fears even though that was you know part of a recent news cycle obviously so um well and that was done for a reason though and i think that the brewers were adopting some scare tactics quite frankly i, I think it was pretty despicable what the team did and I think that the politicians at this point are really not the ones to blame because they're kind of been handed this as a PR story. I, I would find a lot of other ways to pay for this uh, than what has been suggested by the team, first of all. And, and second, the fact that they're, you know, kind of clamoring for this as a necessary thing at this point, I think is a little premature. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. All right. Second inning, your favorite 2023 trade deck deadline acquisition for the Brewers. Uh, I like Mark Canna so far. Yeah, I think he's been great. I think he's been kind of, uh, he's been, you know, we acquired a guy who I think had the reputation as being a bit of an average-ish bat. Um, to me, he's been a little bit more than that. And I, I like that he brings kind of a, a versatile set of um, skills to the team. Yeah, Mark Canna. All right. 
I'll go with uh, Brandon Blaylock, uh, the single-A pitcher we, we acquired for Louis Arias. Um, I think he's going to be a good one in the future. But uh, in all seriousness, if, you, if I had to pick one that actually is helping the team, I'll, I'll go with Carlos Santana, mostly because I, yeah. I like that he's a switch hitter and that he's got, you know, his great idea of the – he's got a little power and a great idea of the strike zone. And so a veteran – Someone like him is definitely someone you want on the team over above some of the rookies who are, you know, still still lacking major league baseball experience against top arms in the league, whereas Santana's got plenty of it. So I'll go with that officially, but I did like the other acquisition as well. Um, third inning. What who's your current pick of team to reach the World Series from the crazy AL side of things? <laughs> American League. That is a great question. That is a great, great question. I'm going to go with my preseason pick still, the Tampa Bay Rays. All right. Well, I think I'm going to go with my preseason pick and the Seattle Mariners as well. So I guess we're not changing our minds. Um, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, awesome pick still. Um, all right. So fourth inning, the Brewers prospect you'd most like to see help the team this September. Uh, Robert Gasser, probably. I think that he could fill in in the rotation um, just as good, if not better, than a guy like Colin Ray at this point. I think throwing him into the mix uh, with postseason considerations on the line could actually be really good for him, given sort of where we're expecting him to be in future years. So, yeah, I'd go with him. That was actually my pick, so he stole it. But, no, I, I, he's had a great year at AAA. I think he's like 9-1 and one with like a ridiculous strikeout rate. Uh, decent ERA under four and uh, yeah I just think that he well not only for helping a team but I think it would be good for his own development to ha have some major league yeah. innings this year um, and again you don't necessarily want to sacrifice that you know if, if the play but you know if the Brewers have a hot week or two and they feel more comfortable that their their playoff spot secured I think he will be well see him make his major league debut but we'll see um, I know a lot of people online, Brewer fans online, were clamoring for like Tyler Black, who's been another like breakout prospect who can play second or third base uh, in the organization. But I, I don't think we'll see him. Mostly the fact that, you know, the Brewers also, as an update we forgot to throw out there, have signed Josh Donaldson to an, a minor league deal and he's at our AAA. So I think if we have any more issues at third base or whatnot, I think he'd be more likely to get the call than Tyler Black. Um, so that is my thoughts on that. So, um, yeah. Fifth, fifth inning, um, after getting a collective F from the Brooker Review staff last trade deadline, what would you now give as a current grade for the Josh Hader trade one year later? Hmm. Um, I'd still give him an F. Yeah, I didn't like it. I think that the – obviously – Obviously, getting a guy like Contreras for a guy like Ruiz is a good thing, and I think that that's exciting. And getting a guy like Gaston in your system is a good thing. But I still think that with a team that's, you know, at that point, 53 years old, uh, with eight postseason appearances to show in that entire stretch of time, I think that you have to go for it every time that you can and see what happens and um, make it work. And I think that by trading Josh Hader during the season last year, we prevented that team from being able to make the not only make the postseason but to see what it could do in the postseason and I'll continue to think that. I, I don't know that last year's team was a you know a, a world championship contender. Uh, you know, obviously that is something that we'll we will never know. Um I don't know if having Josh Hader on the team makes up for the lack of offense that we also had on that team, but I do think that you gotta give it a chance when you're 
team like the Brewers um, with that postseason history. So I'm going to give it an F. And then the, for the last reason being is that that trade may have been able to be made in the offseason as well. There's nothing that says that Josh Hader wouldn't have been somebody that the Padres would have been interested in in the offseason. So I, I would tend to think that perhaps we could have still pulled something off um, to get a guy like Contreras and traded Hader in the offseason instead of during the year. Interesting. I really like the fact that you gave him an F because we have similar thinking. I was going to do the same uh, if you were to give him a higher grade, but I, I guess to be different, I'll give him a D minus just because of the fact that the uh, the fact that well, and I don't even know if you can count this because he wasn't actually part of that trade. I was going to say because William Contreras was arguably one of our best players this year, and he's he wouldn't have, yeah he wouldn't have been able to be re- acquired maybe like but you're pointing out without that deal happening, but so it, it would really suck, and I I don't know who would be our starting catcher without him, but. Um, but with that being said, I'll give a D minus just because of that uh, off. It, it's led to that, I guess, one year later. But beyond that, it's the only reason it's moved the needle from an F to me because it basically ruined our season last year. So, all right. Yeah, and th- and I and I say that as somebody really quick, uh, Craig. I say that as somebody yeah. who likes Este Uri Ruiz more than you do. I I know we kind of differ on him. I I do like the you know kind of the dynamic element that he brings to the top of a lineup. I I think we've got something a little similar in Self Freelick, and he was expendable for sure, but. Uh, and I think Freelick is better uh, as well. But, you know, it, it for me, it was never about not liking the guys that we got back. It was more about the timing of it and trading Josh Hader for what I think could have been a much – I think we could have got a lot more for him as well. You know, you could have all those guys, but to not get a blue-chip prospect back and not get certain guys back that I, I, I would have targeted, um, I think was the frustrating part for me. Um, but mostly it was the timing, you know, again, just – you're sitting in first place and it's the trade deadline is August and you're going to trade away one of your all-star pitchers to me, that just speaks volumes. No, I mean, to, to, to call it, and that's why it still gets an F collectively from the Brook review staff, even one year later is because to call it frustrating trade at the time is not even accurate. It was a soul crushing trade as Bernie Burke yeah. at the time. Yeah. So yeah, move on, and here we are, hopefully in a good position to make a run this year. So, all right, sixth inning, um, yes or no question. So quick one here for time. Will Keston Hira ever have another at bat as a Milwaukee Brewer? Uh, I want him to, yes, but I don't think he will. No. But my answer is no. Yeah, I guess I'm going to go with I, basically again, same line of thinking. I, I would love to see him even this year, maybe, but uh, I'll say no. He'll probably get moved in the offseason in some fashion. Well, it's just like you had so many chances where we could have used him this year. You know, we've had, we've had, Abraham Toro up three or four times. We've had Luis Urias up and down. We've had, you know, a bunch of guys we've signed, but and we go out and sign Josh Donaldson. Like there's been opportunities where we could have plugged him in. We've had injuries to Rowdy Telez at first base. If we wanted to put him there again, like there's a, been a bunch of opportunities to bring him up as either a DH, a first baseman, a second baseman, and a utility infielder, whatever, uh, even an outfielder. And it has never been done. And there's gotta be a reason for that. So, I think I think it's because the current our current front office has determined he can't play any position besides DH and therefore he's a liability of the roster. I mean it's as simple as yeah. that. He's had a great year with the bat at AAA, but I mean that that's as simple as that. His his lack of versatility at all is really what's costing him any playing time. So, all right, seventh inning. Uh, what's a bigger surprise in 2023? Willie Adams catering or Christian Yelich rebounding? It's a bigger surprise. Um, I'm not that shocked about Adamas, to be totally frank. Um, so I'll yeah. say Yelich. Yeah, basically, I have the same answer. Like, I, 
I was very concerned Yelich would get back to this form. I thought that he'd still be a useful player, but possibly not anything above average going forward, which is kind of scary to think about this contract. So I think it's really it's much better for the organization that Yelich is showing this rebound as opposed to Adamas like tanking his value since he's not under contract for as long a time. So I agree that it's Yelich's rebound is a bigger surprise and a, and a pleasant one at that. So um, all right, eighth inning. Which Brewers rookie has made the biggest impact, in your opinion, in 2023? Bryce Trang, Joy Weimer, or Shelf Freelich? Wow. Um, I will say Self Freelich. I think that Freelich has been a real spark plug for this team. I think that you can kind of mark when the Brewers got hot again um, this year to, to Freelich. I I say that liking both the other guys. I, I will definitely reiterate my belief that Bryce Trang's Defense up the middle has been a huge asset for this team uh, all year. And I think Weimer is, he's like, like absolutely crazy. But, and I love watching him play. But yeah, I think, I think Prelick is, is probably my answer for your question. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Prelick will probably be the best player going forward of that group, obviously, and has had a, a really positive impact um, and enthusiasm as a rookie. But um, I'll go with Bryce Train just because of what you said that the defense that he's shown and also the fact that he's kind of covered the hole that we've left at second base. I think we thought there would have some production from Louis Arias or even, um, and we did have some from Owen Miller, but the pumpkin kind of came crashing down on that or whatever that's called, um, you know, turned into a pumpkin and halfway through the season. Um, and so Terang has been there um, to get some valuable bats and some experience. And I think he's had a really big impact defensively. Like you said, he's just like a wizard, even at second base. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Terang. Um, all right, here we go. Ninth inning to wrap up this episode. Um, what is your favorite Brewers autograph that you've ever received? Oh, wow. Um, and I will preface what, it by uh, saying fan, fans, I think our fans and listeners are aware of the fact that you've been working on pretty extensive collection of um, getting Brewer uh, autographs on baseball cards and and are only missing a handful of them before you get every single yep. Brewer who's ever donned a Brewer jersey, which is awesome. But um, I have my collection is much, much less. But anyway, um, I'm curious to know what your, your your favorite autograph that you've received is. Wow, that's a, that's a great question, Craig. So, yeah, there's 986 guys that have played for the team all time. So we're sitting at 986. Uh, of that 986, I have 962 of them. I need 24, and of that 24, more than half of those guys are guys on the current roster who I just haven't had a chance to go get in person yet or, you know, through the mail or whatever, newer guys like Kenna and Santana. So, um, so yeah, plugging away. But, um, you know, I'm going to go with a very, very random answer, and it's somebody that I just got back in the mail in the last month or so. And that is a guy that has had zero cards issued of him, not only as a brewer, but as a major leaguer. Chad and Collins. who, who? <laughs> Chad Collins. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good one. Uh, that was actually just as difficult, but I had to trace down this guy's address in Puerto Rico. Uh, Xavier Cedeno, 2018 brewer uh, pitched just so briefly with Milwaukee. There weren't many autographs floating around to him. Um, so I will go, with Xavier Cedeno. Nice. It's kind of like your holy grail. Yeah. Uh, he's got he's got a 0% return through the mail. Um uh there's a couple guys with a 0% return and I was able to get them. So um that was a kind of a feather in my sleuthing cap so to speak from our, you know, I know we've 
gotten extensive training in journalism school from some of our colleagues as well. But um, yeah, that was I was pretty happy with myself after that one. So we'll say Xavier Cedeno. All right, that's a, a that's that's an awesome one. But uh, I got like a two prong answer. I guess the one I still have in my possession is an autographed baseball in the sweet spot by Prince Fielder that my uncle gave to me. Um, yep. But uh, as he's one of my all time favorite brewers. But the the one I guess that's my favorite that I've ever received. I think I was probably at one of my first Burr games as a very young boy. I'd say under eight years old, somewhere between five and eight or something like that. And uh, I think it's probably the game with my grandfather, who's since passed, of course. Um, and we were there before the game, whatever. And I think I got my gloves signed by Chuck Krim, former Brewer bullpen. Oh, uh, yeah. And, uh, it was actually my glove that I used to catch baseballs and play little league with, I believe. And, um, and so that's the only thing I had with me to even sign other, other, uh, kids and people were more, seemed more prepared for an autograph, but, uh, I was up there. I was like, I guess I can sign my glove. And you just grabbed it and signed it. And I, and, but unfortunately I didn't like set aside and ask my parents to give me a different glove. Cause this one is now a piece of memorabilia. I just kept using it. And I'm pretty sure the, uh, <laughs> the autograph kind of wore off or it might still be on there but <laughs> I, I don't think i even i'm sure my mom sold that rubbish still or something who even knows but um but yeah so i, I do as far as just from a memory I, I do remember that one so yeah that's a good one craig i like that that's that's great yep so all right well pretty fired up about the 2023 brewers still uh again wish our offense is a little bit better hopefully adamas can rebound hopefully rowdy floods gets back into a groove but adding those veterans like Santana and Canna, at least I think gives us a fighting chance. And we've got mix that with some rookies that hopefully can get hot. hot. And uh, now we've even got some veteran depth at AAA with the Josh Donaldson. And uh, who knows, maybe Keshin Hira uh, can break up. But I mean, for the most part, I feel like the pitching, if we're going to make a deep run in the playoffs this year, it's going to be because of our steering pitching and our awesome back of the bullpen. And I hope that, uh, you know, we'll have some memories and make some memories for the younger generation uh, this year as uh move forward with and with the Milwaukee Brewers 2023 season. So thanks for joining us listeners. Thanks. Thanks Vince for your time. Yeah, no, thank you, Craig. Uh, thanks to Scotty. Thanks to Chad and thanks to Scotty's interns uh, for all the work they've done today uh, as well. So yeah, great to, great to talk some baseball with you on a Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. And if Scott's interns, yeah. make sure that he, he gets the problem on his sleep so that he can't use that as an excuse on why he's not joining in on the podcast. That would be, that'd be great. So. Yeah, uh, much appreciated. I know he needs his beauty rest, but yes, absolutely agree. Absolutely. Got to get the eight hours in. So, all right. Well, follow us on uh, all the stuff. <laughs> Twitter, Brook Review One. Send us, uh, send Scott your questions. He'll get to you at some point. Uh, Brook Review Podcast with an S at gmail.com. All right. I'll stay classy, Milwaukee, and go Brewers. Go Brewers. Thanks, Craig. Go Brewers. Do, 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 do.